Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. I'm John Alois, joined by Sean Degenhart. Roger, Roger. And John Redling Schaefer. Overunger. <laughs> 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 nice try, John. Whatever platform you're following us on, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Please leave us a review so more people find the show. You can share it on social media and tag us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. Email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. We like to start things off with our Disney views, but first, a little news. I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have heard there is a new CEO at the Disney Company Sunday night. It was announced Bob Iger is returning as the leader of the company, and he replaces Bob Chapek. On to our Disney view, and more surprising news. Disney Cruise Line acquires unfinished 6,000 guest capacity global dream cruise ship. Did any of us see something like this? Is it, is, I get the feeling Disney wasn't even thinking about it and saw it on the market or something like that. Yeah, it really is. It's the, wow, I'm driving past a used car lot and I say, hey, what's this? And now all of a sudden we own a cruise ship. Yeah, it's very weird. Favorable price and within their capital expenditure <laughs> guidance. Yes, it did. Who's getting the commission? It seriously just seems like... Uh, Hey, come on, check it out. You hate it. You think you hate it now. Wait till you drive it. <laughs> uh, according to CruiseIndustryNews.com, Disney announced recently the acquisition of a partially completed cruise ship as it has come to terms to acquire the unfinished 6,000 guest global dream. The ship will be renamed and is expected to set sail in 2025 and will be fueled by green methanol. It's based outside the U.S. The Global Dream, originally under construction for now-defunct Dream Cruises, is said to be about 75% complete. The ship was designed for the family market and to set sail year-round in Asia. So once again, this is brand new for Disney. They've always constructed all of their cruise ships uh, from the ground up, so to speak. And uh, this seems very unusual. Now, they will refit it and, and have that Disney Cruise Line look and branded feel, but it just feels odd to me. Yeah, pre-pandemic, you know, they were talking the expansion in, of three new ships. Well, we have the first one with the Wish. I don't know if this will constitute number, you know, number two or if this will be 3A. The part that sticks out to me is kind of an exclusive at least rumored, exclusive Asia uh, route. Uh, the cruise line is expanding to Australia and that direction for the first time this coming year. They're doing some South Pacific cruises, but I think it makes sense for them as a company, especially if they're going to do Middle East, South Asia, and maybe into Singapore and Hong Kong that way. I've not done any Disney cruises, but I wonder you know, how much retrofitting they'll have to do to keep everything on brand is it not much no i think between the carpet and maybe a couple of the if they said it was already family friendly you know that means it's designed to have those club rooms that the kids can hang out in anyway it's just going to be 
paint, uh, wallpaper, and maybe some things that can go on pretty late in the process. It sounds like they got it, again, a, gr a great deal at just the right time. Yeah, it, it's exciting. I mean, uh, more cruise line uh, ships that are out there, the more folks will be able to ride on a Disney cruise. So um, opportunities... Does that mean the prices come down with more <laughs> opportunities? Who knows? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, no, 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 no. But uh, I thought that was uh, very interesting news. We're excited for our guest this week. He's the host of the YouTube page, Adventures by Carney. Welcome, Pete Carney, to the show. Woo! Yeah! Oh, yeah! So awesome! Oh, am I not supposed to cheer for myself? Okay. You're good. No, we'll, we'll dub over the soundtrack of the applause and everything after that. Yeah. I'm going to use those sound effects for a future guest as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> so this past July, I was in Baseline Tap House outside of Galaxy's Edge inside uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios and Walt Disney World, and there was a downpour. The rain was coming in sideways, and my family was kind of spread out all over the park, and because it was raining, I decided to stay in Baseline Tap House for a little while. And over in the corner, I noticed Pete and his family were live streaming and they were kind of waiting out the rain. So I walked over to find out more about uh, his live stream and his channel and ended up on the live stream. So we yeah. had we had to bring you on for this show, Pete, uh, to learn more about you and your channel for folks who haven't seen it yet, please describe it for us. So uh, it's Adventures by Carney, right? Which is pretty broad because we do a lot of fun stuff. And I didn't want to just do just Disney. Um, but we are heavily concentrated in the, the Disney parks. Uh, but we do, uh, obviously, I live in Florida now. I live in the Orlando area. So we do a lot of Universal, a lot of SeaWorld. Uh, we're getting invited to more and more press things, uh, whether it's Gatorland, Gaylord Palms, there's a lot, especially during the holidays here. Uh, very fortunate where our names are starting to get thrown around. We're getting invited to a lot of stuff. Uh, but also just traveling. I love to travel. We do weekend road trips. Um, a lot of the time it's my girlfriend and I. Um, we do a quick little recap of a weekend or a four-day trip. Um, we also are big fans of craft beer. We do a lot of brewery hopping. But anything we do which we think would be fun and interesting uh, we pretty much put it out there. And my inspiration was, I used to watch all these YouTube videos and vloggers and vloggers and news channels. And there's so many different pockets and, and uh, little rabbit holes you can go down. But I loved it. And there were certain channels where I was like, ah, it's okay, I watched a few and moved on. But the people I liked, they were always trying to find new things. And I, you know, I just, I felt like I became friends with those people on the screen. And I was like, man, that would be so cool to be able to do that for others one day. And that's back when I was living uh, in New York on Long Island. So. Yeah, we moved down here uh, in August of 2019, and it's kind of, and then COVID hit. I didn't have the YouTube channel then, and then that's where the magic started to happen. So you grew up in New York. Were you a Disney fan? Did did Disney draw you down to Orlando? Oh, so, yeah. So what's, here's the crazy part is uh, I'm the big Disney head in all my groups, right? I know, I know a lot. I follow the news every day. I know everything that's going on. And I know a lot of the past. I, I listen to all the podcasts and the history stuff, and I love that stuff. Uh, and that's, I think, what drew me in. What's what's funny is I, we weren't a big Disney family. We came down once ever in my entire childhood. I was around eight or nine years old. Uh, I remember the Aladdin parade at Hollywood Studios. I remember, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast was live on stage. Uh, a few other, like, small memories. I remember going to uh, Chef Mickey's. 
Uh, and like funny things like that. I thought Pluto had a weird smell, but all the other characters smelled nice. Like these are things, <laughs> but I had one core memory. But what really made me fall in love was coming to visit, uh, ironically enough, girlfriends on college programs from New York. Is And I was obsessed with business, obsessed with customer service. I've been in the hospitality, customer service side of things and sales my entire life. And I said, man, like the way they make you feel at Disney and at such a large scale operation and the thought that goes into everywhere you look, smell, touch, see, I just got into it. Like I started like and I was out of school, but it kind of became like a an unwritten thesis. I just couldn't get enough information. I wanted to know more about the development, more about behind the scenes. And uh, so, yeah, I started coming down to visit girlfriends and was like, this is really cool. Came down on a serious trip uh, in my 20s where we were here, where I did a ton of research. I had money finally so we could do some like the, the really fun experiences um, just besides the parks. And again, just was like, there's still so much more I have to do. I got to move down there. I got to be in Florida. And my other career in New York was kind of like I, I was on my, you know, hit the day to day. Uh, not really feeling satisfied and settling down on Long Island is very expensive. So Florida, no snow, no state tax at the time, but pre COVID there was a great market down here uh, to buy up property. So things were really going my way, but uh, yeah, then the pandemic hit, we had to switch gears and that's kind of where the YouTube channel was born. But yeah, in terms of my Disney fandom, I am a late bloomer. I didn't really become obsessed with Disney until my late twenties. So you said once you you moved down in, was it 2019? Mm-hmm. So, and then you're excited, you're ready to go, and then COVID. So you said that's when the magic started happening. So what was it about that that kind of refocused you or maybe sent you in a different direction than you'd planned? Yeah, so a little background on me. Uh, my, my biggest source of income is I owned an entertainment company in New York at the time. We had... Uh, a large DJ and, and entertainment and a kind of enterprise. We had we had a, a, a nice operation where I would just fly back every other weekend and work a few weddings. Um, but really, I had a team of DJs on Long Island. We owned Long Island Bar DJ, New York Bar DJ. I lived in the Hamptons for a summer. Like we really had a good time DJing. I opened for Marshmello. Like I was, we were DJing was the thing. So I said, hey, if people want to pay me to fly back to New York, I got cheap flights from Frontier direct MCO to Islip on Long Island. Uh, for all the Long Island people out there, shout out there. But uh, so, yeah, I was like, I'll just fly back. So we came down and I was going to try and open up a wing down here on top of buying some investment properties. And then COVID hit. So then I had to return, you know, tens of thousands, you know, more than 50 grand uh, worth of deposits on, on weddings and events, all the bar business, uh, all the club business, all the private parties, the backyard parties slow down and that was a big moment for me to be like what are we gonna do uh i wasn't on air personality for wwnt the news site um i still help them out from time to time um it's weird because people have a love hate relationship with them but i've been a panelist on a lot of their shows since 2017 so i was already working for them they were moving studios down here so i said i could work for them part-time and I was at one of their events, and someone came up to me, and they said, hey, we saw you do stand-up comedy in New York. Do you do stand-up comedy? And I used to do stand-up comedy in New York. Uh, back in 2018, I won the best new stand-up comic in New York City, which was really cool. And I said, yeah, I said I did it, and that was kind of my peak. Uh, I didn't think I was going to go any higher than that, so I left on top. <laughs> so he came up to me, and he said, you got to be on YouTube. And I was like, I don't know, but I don't know technology. I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to do any of these things. He's like, you tell me your vision and what you would like. I can help make that happen. You just turn the camera on and go. 
And uh, yeah, he was a very nice guy. Set up the whole page. I knew I wanted ABC. I knew I wanted Adventures by Carney. Adventures with Carney sounds more fun, but I needed something that would be catchy. Um, just from my marketing background, uh, ABC is nice and easy to remember. Also, when you sort your YouTube videos, A, in your subscriptions is always on top. So I was like, I want people to be able to see my channel first. So there's a little bit of thought behind that, but I still wasn't sure what I was going to do with the channel. I just had a, a, a jumping off point. And we kind of didn't do anything with it for the first year and a half. And then things got serious in the last 18 months. You know, here's the thing. You get there, you get settled. Yep, the pandemic hits, and so everybody's adjusting. But this is the first time I'm hearing from a guest that this is a good thing, and I kind of like this. This is this is giving us some insight as to, you know what, we can take advantage of a very trying time in our lives. So, all right, we start the we start the idea, the, the channel is born. What What's the first park you go to, and what's your goal when you go to it? So, I mean, that's a good question, right? So our very first video, let's see. I might, I, I have the channel pulled up here. I was like, maybe they'll ask questions. I should know a little bit about the channel. <laughs> um, the guy who, who approached me, who really set everything up. I've talked to him. He, he'd rather remain anonymous. Uh, he has his own uh, Disney channel now as well because we parted ways um, because he, he really wanted me to put in seven days a week, but I still had other side projects as well. But... Um, he was like, just go and record, record, whatever's fun, do things. He's like, I would love for you to be live the whole time, but you don't, you, know, you need a thousand subscribers on YouTube to go live uh, through their platform. Um, and he said, I know you don't have that yet. So just record. And he goes, at the end of the night, I have a, well, let's just upload direct via Dropbox and I'll edit overnight and we'll put it up the next day. And I was like, all right, but I have no money to pay you. I don't know how we're going to make this work. He's like, we're going to figure it out. So we did some videos and we and it was a great um, start. I mean, we got some some great um, view counts out of the gate. I, we started it literally the week that um, Rise the Resistance was opening at Hollywood Studios in Florida, and we were there opening morning. Like I said, we I, I have a lot of Disney friends. We were there at three in the morning. We were hanging out, party. So we, I recorded some of the parties in the parking lot, the crowd walking in. Um, and then we were the first ones on the ride because we just got lucky where we were that wow. first group let on mm. and we got evacuated. So I was like, this is YouTube gold. Like out of the gate. <laughs> this is fantastic. Right. Um, and it was awesome because we ended up going on three times that day. But every time we went to get back on, we got evacuated a second time. Wow. It was such a debacle. Um, and if you guys have gone on rides at Hollywood Studios, you know, it's an amazing ride, but it's very complicated. So sometimes things are in B mode. And this was opening day. So there was just disasters everywhere. But uh, so, yeah, we came out of the gate with that. And then the pandemic hit. Um, and I was still working for WWNT, doing a lot of shows for them. We had a show there called Party with Pete, where I was getting big crowds, doing a three-hour show every week. Um, and I was bringing on just people who were famous at Disney just to come talk to me. Uh, I had Yeehaw Bob on, uh, who is, you know, a legend. I had Carol Stein uh, you know, the pianist, UK bar, uh, you know, she's worked everywhere at Disney. Piano Rob and Scotty Killline from Jelly Rolls came on and sang Disney music and did piano requests. Uh, Chef Art Smith from Homecoming came on to an hour and a half with me. But then what made it pop was I just shot a random email out to uh, Tiger King had just come out and it was huge. And I was like, there's no way anyone's going to respond. But I tried to find all the big people in it, their email or their contacts. And I got Jeff and Lauren Lowe to agree to a 45-minute interview with me. And I was a no one. I'm telling you, I had, like, less than 200 followers on YouTube. 
or maybe 300 at the time. And they agreed to do 45 minutes. It was unbelievable. So when that popped, yeah, that was that was huge. And I was like, all right, now we got some people who subscribe. Let's have some fun with this. Uh, and then for a few more months passed by, we were doing like a video here, a video there. And then uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what was the turning point, but we had a lot of people that said, "Hey, we really like this. We need you to do this more often. Stop doing it like once a week or on a random day here. We need consistent content." I said, "For me to do that, I would just need a few bucks uh, because it is extremely expensive to go to Disney over and over and over again every week." Uh, and they were like, "We'll support you." And they pretty much the people who are following um, helped me set up a Patreon, helped me set up YouTube. Uh, monetization. It really was a community effort. Um, everything that has happened with my channel has been community-based, and I'm so big on that. We've never had a big video that popped us where someone might get a, a video that has a million views, and they go from X amount of... I've always been on the slow climb. Even if we get a video that pops, we never really have a video pop less than 25,000 views. We have just stayed under 25K views, you know, between... And, and still videos that we post get sometimes, you know, only a few hundred, but it's been a slow grind, but it's really been a community that has helped the channel grow. And I, that's the thing I'm most proud of. One of the things I love about your uh, streams is I love how you give details uh, in the parks. I've been watching and there are certain aspects that I didn't know about each park, but you say you didn't grow up a Disney fan. So how did you learn all this so quickly and what makes it so special for you? Why do you love sharing that information? I just think so much of life now, I mean, we're, we're always on our phones, right? And, and, and over the last few years, this has been happening more and more often, especially with, with, with younger generations. But there's something about Disney. When I came, um, you know, in my early 20s and mid-20s, and I was just in awe of how much thought goes into everything and the deeper i got the more i wanted to learn like how do they know that when you were standing in the world uh showcase when you look through morocco that the paint should match up with the tower of terror that the sun would set perfectly right there that the building structures match up on the top of the hollywood tower hotel in another park going on in a whole different world quote unquote is still blending in with the skyline of the World Showcase. And I use that example because that's one that a lot of people know. But it's little things like that. Like, it, And it, sadly, I don't know what's happening as often right now. And Disney's had a lot of these ups and downs, you know, and highs and lows. And I do always believe we'll bounce back because the Disney community is holds people accountable, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, I just became obsessed. So when, when you say, like, with the fun facts and things that I know, like, I just know off the top of my head that, like, Spaceship Earth is... 11,324 times. Like, and it's just something that's like engraved in my head because I love fun facts. I love learning stuff like that. So when I hear it, and I was lucky enough to be a pretty good student if I was interested in it. So you could tell, like, I used to have like perfect scores with some teachers and terrible scores here. My parents were like, that made no sense. Last year, it was flip flop. He had an A plus here and, you know, a C here. But I was like, if, I, if you make it interesting, I'm going to learn it. And that's kind of how I just became obsessed with Disney. It was like, all right, so you're the largest single-site employer. You're the size of uh, two Manhattans or one San Francisco. You got this. You got, like, just the fun facts just layer themselves in. And, like, and then you start doing the tours. And you and I just became obsessed. I also worked on the road uh, in 20, 
16, I want to say it was, I was, uh, I had a sales territory of 14 states. So I was on the plane at least every week, if not every other week. I was uh, flying somewhere, staying a week in hotels and coming back. So I had a lot of time to listen to Disney podcasts on the planes, to watch Disney shows at night in my hotel room laying in bed. And I just would always go down those rabbit holes. And I literally would just find myself like, there's no way that's true. And jotting down notes and being like, that is true. That's crazy. Like, who would think to do that? This is why I love this place. So that is where the obsession came in. But all of the fun facts and, yeah, I didn't grow up a Disney kid, but I'm definitely a Disney adult that appreciates. And I'm and I, I'm not upset about it. And I'm so happy for families that grew up that way. I just I'm just a late bloomer in the Disney community, I guess. And you had mentioned uh, the hospitality and service aspect. And I think my first trip that I took 10 years ago with my girls is what did it for me and turned that light on is, you know, how are they doing all of this with, so I started getting all the customer service books and the Lee Cockrell books and just, you know, just, you know, absorbing all that stuff. And it's just been fantastic. And then for me, from there, it was the details and, you know, learning all those facts, you know, that the castle's 189 foot tall, so they didn't have to have a beacon on top, you know, those type of things. And I'm sure with the customer service aspect, with your, you know, previous experience, you were able to apply some of those, you know, to what you're currently doing. Absolutely. Uh, To me, that is, I think, what always, I mean, maybe not for everyone, but what blows most people away, at least, again, so I'm going to go and say pre-pandemic, because I think things have changed, and we have to be realistic, that the parks aren't exactly what they were, let's say, five years ago, uh, especially because they had all these long-term employees, they had the, you know, the college program was going great, they had all those trainers, they had the international program with great trainers there, and then when the pandemic happened, they either, a lot of people retired, or moved companies, or found other positions when Disney was laying people off. So it's it's not the same right now. I do believe we are on our way back. Um, but I totally agree is that I always, I want everyone to feel special all the time, but it was unbelievable that they made me feel special all the time because I'm usually the one watching. Like, hey, are you guys good over here? Everyone, Anyone need more water, more napkins? You need this? Like, just always assessing. Even when people are pushing a stroller, you want me to push for a little bit? You want a water stop? Like, I'm just, I'm very much a people pleaser, I guess, in general. Uh, growing up in that world from serving, you know, apple turnovers and, and coffee light and sweet at a bingo hall when I was 12 years old <laughs> to being a busboy at 14 and working my way all the way up my entire life. I, uh, so I, yeah, so when I went to Disney, I was like, wow, this is how you're supposed to feel. You, you should feel loved. You should feel special. And the fact that they figured out how to harness that uh, this is a very special place. And that's, again, another reason I became obsessed. Special place. Let's fast forward to 2022, and there's this weird guy in a poncho across the room, and he approaches you. How do you handle things like that? Because he's he talking about me. <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh, I know who we're talking about. You know what's but- so funny about that day we met uh, is the video title itself. It was, it was one of the hottest days of the year. Uh, before I was, when I was making the thumbnail for that video, and I never changed it because I thought it's so funny and ironic is it goes, like, something about doing Disney in the heat, and I go, over 100 degrees in big letters on the thumbnail. <laughs> and I show up, and by the time we start the stream, because we we're trying to wait for this storm to pass, and I'm like, I got to start the stream. It's already an hour late. Because, uh, you know, we try to not to make people wait too long. Uh, and we go live a lot. People enjoy the live. We'll talk about that later. But uh, 
I was like, we'll just do it in the rain. So I came in and I was like, you know what? The best place to hang out is baseline. And my girlfriend and her friend and her kids were all at baseline anyway. So I knew I had a corner to hang out in. So we went there. But yeah, I mean, it poured rain for hours that day. <laughs> hours. And the thumbnail in the video is this big, bright sun saying 100 degrees of Hollywood Studios surviving the heat. <laughs> and it was basically us at uh, <laughs> Baseline Tab House for two hours. And then we went on some rides. I went back and I watched that video. And you could see me slowly creeping over. To, <laughs> I'm, I I'm, I'm facing I away, but I'm watching the, the live stream to see if I can see myself. Um, what motivates you to go live? So I was doing some lives for other channels um, that were paying me just to go live. And it was nice. And they were, they were taking care of me. But we were bringing in big numbers. I mean, I grew one channel pretty quickly to 100K. And it was most of the time was those those subscribers were coming during live videos because I think they just like the spontaneity of it where, I don't know, I, I grew up in the theater. I did end up doing, uh, I did a lot of improv comedy and I ended up doing stand-up comedy for a little bit. Um, I host a lot of events. I went to school for public speaking. It doesn't come across now because I live with a terrible New York accent girlfriend. And during the pandemic, she broke me back down and now I have the New York accent again. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I love being on stage. When when I went to school for for teaching, I switched to business, and then I switched to public speaking. I was like, oh, there's a a like a literally a career path where I don't have to write a thesis. I could just speak it. This is genius. Uh, so I think that's where the live comes from. Is that I'm not a great editor. I like I'll edit something amazing. It'll get 200 views, but it'll take me 12 hours, and I want to jump off the roof. <laughs> um, so. It's uh, so the, the live streams, people just come in. We we just have fun. We keep it real. I think it is that spontaneity because there's times where I might just be just me and the camera talking and giving some fun facts around the parks or we're at an event. There's some drinks flowing. I end up break dancing or doing cartwheels. <laughs> I think you don't know what you're going to get. Um, and I try to keep it everything family friendly, even if we are drinking. Um, we don't curse on the channel, uh, definitely not intentionally. It, sometimes it slips one out of 40 streams. Um, we try to do f fun adult things, but also I like to show you what you can do with the kids or the nieces and nephews and, and everything else too. So I try to keep it a large, broad audience, but it's like you got to get used to this big red face. I don't mind doing a crazy challenge. Like someone's like, finish all the – we went to Mexico when we did all the crickets in Mexico, like Cava del Tequila. And they were like, oh, you won't – have all 40 crickets in the bucket of mine. Give me the crickets. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> no. we have some fun. We do we do some crazy things. I think live just makes it interesting. And also, I like that there's a conversation with the audience in the chat. And in the, and, and that's fun um, when I'm able to, like, keep up with them because sometimes they ask great questions that I never thought about. And that only makes my knowledge, passion, or, you know, like, oh, I didn't think about that ever, too. That's a great point. Um, so it makes my Disney fandom grow. And it's great just watching reactions of people being like, holy cow, I can't believe he's getting away with this or wherever it may be. You said people, uh, you know, love being cared for and loved. And I think part of building that community, especially with the live events, you know, they feel like they're part of it and you make them feel that way. And, you know, you could be anywhere, you know, across the United States and still engaging people and making them feel loved. And so just that set in the Disney background, you know, I think it's just a winning combination. That's a great point and uh, something I never really thought about, but that's that's very kind of you to say because it means a lot. So thank you. 
John Shaw. That's all I ever really want. I grew up a nerd who got beat up. You know, uh, I, I grew up not in the best circumstances. So for me, I just want everyone to feel loved and appreciated. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care your background, any orientation, whatever you are, whatever you do. I just feel like the whole world would be a better place if we all just took a minute and said, hey, we're all just human beings. Let's just love and care about each other, and then let's figure some stuff out. Because we're so much better together than we are apart. And I feel like a lot of that, it was the Disney mentality. You talk about Lee Cockrell, but and it's just about being a team player. And it's like being a team player um, in the human race, I guess. I don't know. And I always end every single one of my streams with, please be kind to one another. You know, and that's it. Just because that's what it's all about right like people and i think a lot of my people who watch i don't know there's, there's a lot of people who watch who i don't even know who they are and i don't mind I, it's so much fun to just think about who these random people are around the world but my message is always like everyone's welcome right and just be it just if i can bring you a little bit of happiness get you out of your office for a half an hour show you some ridiculous fun facts the magic kingdom or go do cartwheels over here or go feed an alligator put my head in its mouth whatever i'm doing I just want to kind of give you a little bit of that escape because the real world is hard and we should be laughing and smiling and celebrating each other. And I, and that's what I'm big on. That's, that's the whole reason for the channel is just to joy. Cause that's what I needed. When I, I was married and went through a very hard divorce, I would watch some of these streamers and blogs and podcasts and it was my escape. It, 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 it made me, just, it gave me hope in humanity and society. So I don't know. I try to hold a little bit of that with me in, in what I do as well. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. thank yeah. you for sharing that passion for, you know, bringing us on your adventures, uh, not only in Disney, but wherever you travel there, it's a fun channel to watch, you know, as much as you go to Disney and you probably see some meltdowns from families and things like that. Um, and you probably see some not so nice guests to some of the cast members, just reminding everybody to be kind. I think that's uh, a perfect message. Yeah, I mean, we all have good and bad days. And, uh, you know, sometimes even people in the chat would be like, well, that cast member was rude or that person was rude. And I'm like, hey, listen, you don't know what they went through this morning. You don't know the phone call they got from their mother or their father or from their sister or their brother or what they have going on behind closed doors. Everybody has a story on this entire planet. Let If we all just took a step back and gave everybody a little bit of room. I mean, again, sometimes you see something rude. Don't get me wrong. I'm in the parks. Sometimes I want to step in and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> But for the most part, the New York we, comes you know, out those are the extremes. <laughs> I just think we just remember that everyone's got stuff going on. Why don't we just smile and have some fun together? We could all commit, you know, we could all make, you know, talk right now. If we went out of the room about like something that's really hard in our lives right now. Mm -hmm. We can go around. We'd all have something. It's just like, hey, that is the that is the, the bond we have in the human race. It's how do we help each other out? How do we move forward? Outstanding. Shane. I don't know. I'm getting philosophy. I'm getting very. Yeah, this is weird. This is a weird interview. <laughs> this is great. Sean, John, do you have anything else? I'm good. Pete, is oh, there great. anything we should have asked? Um. Oh man, I this was so weird because I just ranted and I, the whole time this went so fast. Hey, we've uh, had. You know what? We've we've had people move to tears on our show. So something about <laughs> our community, we like to all kind of, like you said, either commiserate with each other or just share. You know, share love. So yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, I don't know. I would just say thanks so much, and uh, to your entire audience who's listening. Um, I just I just feel so lucky uh, to be on with you guys, and I'm so happy you ran into each other. 
Um, I don't know if it was fate or whatever it is, but I'm just so happy that we, we got to meet that day, um, have a beer. And if anyone ever sees me in the parks, and obviously any of you, but I just really do enjoy just meeting people as well. And I, I'm the same person on a podcast, on a live stream, as you'll see me in, uh, by myself walking around. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Let's just have some fun together. Let's have some laughs. Don't be quick to judgment, uh, especially with my channel. Please don't be quick to judgment. Uh, if you jump on a stream where we're drinking, it could be crazy. If you're jumping on a stream where we're doing charity stuff, it's way different. Um, I just like to mix it up. I basically do my channel what I would watch, and that's pretty much what goes on. We have a lot of fun stuff coming out. So, yeah, check it out, youtube.com backslash Adventures by Carney. Um, or you can follow on the social medias. Can I plug the socials? Absolutely, please. Awesome. Yeah. On Instagram, I'm at official Carney. On Twitter, I am at your WDW guy. TikTok is Adventures by Carney. The Patreon is Adventures by Carney. And we have an amazing Discord and an amazing community there. And I'm just so excited. I think that everybody rises. I'm not one of those people where it's like, oh, don't hang out with them or don't talk about them. I am so excited for what you guys do, what you're doing. I listened to a podcast. I'm like a lot of you. It was right after we met. And then I was kind of bummed. I'm like, I don't think he likes me. I guess I'm never going to be on. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, all right. Uh, but no, I love what you guys are doing. And, uh, you know, I would love to hang out with you guys in the parks. We'll do this again. Maybe not just me talk for the entire time. This is awful. I would just, I would just edit this whole thing out. Let's just scrap the whole thing. Thank you so much, Pete, for joining us. We, we truly appreciate it. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Oh, this has been awesome. I hope any of this was interesting and uh yeah if anyone ever sees me in the parks come say hi and next time you guys are in town let me know we got we all got to grab a beer together absolutely thank you all right thank you so much what a blast and a great source of energy if you're tired and you don't have caffeine nearby make sure you tune into uh adventures by carney pete was awesome great to have him on he was an absolute joy and I love his message. I love the fact that he wants us to be kind. I love the fact that he shows his care, his energy, and his passion on his sleeve. We need more of that in society. Absolutely. Can't say it any better myself. Once again, follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. Email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Wherever you're listening to us, please rate and review so more people find the show. Until next week, have a great one, everybody. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub. Hyperion Hub.